0: Welcome to Las Doctoras Podcast. Led by our intuition, we are creating space for conversations, asking critical questions, and interrogating the oppressive systems of power we live in. We are your hosts. I am Dr. Renee Limas, pronouns she, her, hers. I'm a Cancer sun and moon with Pisces rising, mother of water.
1: I am Dr. Christina Rose, pronouns she, they. Virgo Sun, Aquarius Moon, Gemini Rising, Mother of Earth. We are grounded in a connection to ancestral wisdom. Our work is to heal the wounds of generational trauma, that is of white male and cis supremacy. all while we create a way of being that celebrates, truly revels in the joy of our families and our community.
0: Join us on our journey, not toward perfection, but into reflection, immersed in compassionate self-awareness and courageous action.
1: Come, sit at our kitchen table, sip on some tequila with us, and let's change our world. Salud! Salud.
0: Welcome to Las Doctoras podcast. We are have a special guest today that we're going to be talking about publishing. But before we do that, um, we did want to give an update on um, for those who are asking about our Semillas de las Abuelas project. We are working
1: on it and we are also coming to it as an all things from a relational way of being. And with COVID and family and everything, there has been a slowness that has come into our lives, probably for everything really. And, but we are um, continuing to meet and we hope to, I think, put out an update soon on a more official one. Um, and we are letting the, I don't know, what were the rewards for this? Like kind of letting the relationships guide it
0: basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we're. I mean, it's still there. <laughs> it's still, We're still working on it. It's just, um, I think we're, we're also trying to work through like the idea of like urgency. Right. And um, that, you know, it's, it, it doesn't have to be urgent. Right. That we have, you know, anyway, so we're letting it unfold as it needs to be without feeling pressured. That's what it is without feeling pressured. (laughs) Christina's like, it is urgent. (laughs) No, We're transcending
1: time. We're transcending white males senses of, (laughs)
0: yeah yeah Production, so. but still it's um <laughs> so we promise it's we promise it will get to you all and um um and so speaking of uh, publishing we have a guest today um i guess we had a, this is the, i think our first time we're having a repeat guest <laughs> Wow, I I love it. I think it's cool. So Norma was, um, I'm trying to think of season one or two, when she talked about the article you wrote for the New York Times um, about colorism in your family. So why don't you introduce uh, yourself to us, name, pronouns, your sign, your ancestors, and, and anything you want to share about yourself.
2: Okay, Hi, I'm so excited to be here again. Thank you for having me, Doctoras
0: Renee and Christina.
2: <laughs> I'm so um, I'm so honored and um, excited to be here with you ladies again. So, again, yeah. I
1: can't believe it's been like yeah a year and a half. I, I just feel like our relationship is exponentially different. Yeah. Like then when you came in- and. <clears throat> kitchen table and we were talking I just felt like you were we just met you we were like oh hi hello. <laughs> hello, hello and now you've just been with us in so many aspects and I feel like it's just I'm we're so gifted by you in our community oh, and yeah.
2: I feel the same way ladies I feel like our relationship has evolved into this beautiful um creative and supportive and healing relationship. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that mm-hmm. we, um, that our lives and our paths have, have uh, intersected in that way. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's really magical. So let me start by saying that my name is Norma Fabian Newton. I uh, pronouns yeah she, her. I am a first generation American. Uh, my ancestry is Purépecha mestiza mexicana <laughs> Chicana, latina latinx uh yeah mm-hmm. I, i'm sure i forgot a ton <laughs> and my sign i'm a sagittarius through and through i got a lot of fire ladies that means your birthday's <laughs> coming up right yeah it is it's it's um it's around the corner. <laughs> I love it. I love ooh, it. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, and I've got a lot of fire in my stars. So,
0: mm. mm-hmm.
1: I love me Sagittarius. They're just so- <laughs> we
0: <We're> awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, tell us about a little bit about. Um, I mean us about a little bit about you know your background your work background what you, what you're you know you're you you've done so far and then and then a little bit about what what you're birthing All right. <laughs> what you're planting the seeds you're planting
1: it's a special right. place that you are inhabiting that you are that you you love mm-hmm. and you love is the work that you're doing and i feel like you've grown into it so organically and it's about to you know so yes it just seems so perfect
2: Thank you for those words. So my background is I'm, a, I'm an attorney by trade. So uh, I'm a licensed attorney. Uh, I no longer practice. I realized that I went to school, to law school because I didn't really know what else I wanted to do in life and I didn't have a financial safety net. So I figured, okay, how do I make money? How do I take care of myself on that level? Uh, so that led me and you know I love research I love writing I love the creation and the creativity really that comes with with
1: creating arguments and uh, I think that, I think that's that Gemini rising in there I think <laughs> you know <laughs> with that Sagittarius, you know that's something that fire and the air I love it yeah and um I quickly realized that I did not like
2: it and that it really wasn't for me. Uh, and, and I'm so I'm such a curious person that I had a great time, and uh, I really it just it it wasn't for me. It wasn't my soul's work. I went to law school to change the world, and I realized that that was not the vehicle for me. So I then um, a couple of years later decided to start a family and was stay at home for several years. And then, and through that process of starting a family and having a family, I did a lot of, a lot of healing work. A lot of, um, there were a lot of intergenerational uh, wounds that I was, that were coming up for me. And so my time with my children at home, it was, you know, was such a healing time for me and i was very privileged to be able to take that time and Mm -hmm. i'm very grateful for the for all of the gifts that it it gave me it was a very difficult time for me but it was a very magic and it was a very magical time you know i had Mm -hmm. postpartum depression and i was really um it it was a challenge for me because Mm -hmm. i didn't come from an environment that uh, where I had a a really good set of of role models of how to be of how to be a mother, how to be parents, how to show up, right? And so for me, I felt like I was always the the question that came up so often in that time when my children were very very young was how do I parent when I don't know how, mm-hmm. and, and how do I develop the structures. And the mechanisms to be the best parent that I can be uh, when I don't have a blueprint for parenting. When my blueprint for parenting is not what I want to give my children. So <sighs> it, was, it was a time of a lot of learning and a lot of healing and unlearning, really. Mm-hmm. A lot of unlearning. And then at some point I decided, you know what, I need, I need more I mm-hmm. need more in my life. And that's when I really started tapping into my creativity and I started writing mm-hmm. and the writing, uh, was very, you know, and I still write. Um, and I, uh, did a lot of sort of personal essay work also, I think as a, as a way to heal, but really also in a, as a way to help, um, bring visibility to our stories. And I realize now <laughs> that that has been very important to me and it has been a through line for all of my work and all of my experiences it's really about how do we bring more of our stories to the to the forefront Mm -hmm. Um, i think that one of the things that i realized when i had children was that i wanted to create a different world for my children Mm -hmm. so my children are mixed and I think that um, there isn't enough representation of Mm -hmm. mixed children in this country. And Mm -hmm. certainly, as a brown, indigenous Latina, I never really grew up. And I think so many of us can relate to this. I never. I always sort of felt like an outsider because I never really saw myself in books, in media, in in any you know in a billboard, cereal boxes. Nobody nobody looked like me. Mm-hmm. Nobody really had my story. And um, and I think that that is at the root of all of my work. It's mm-hmm. about how do we bring a voice to all of these amazing stories that aren't heard, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I started writing and I had a wonderful time and I, I still love to write. Um, I had, and I think this is how we all came into our, or, you know, into each other's orbit was um, I had a piece published in the New York times last year that talked about a really sort of heartbreaking experience that I had with my daughter. And that was a very well-received piece. And I think that the combination of that piece being published and being so um, so uh, so well received, really, mm-hmm. planted this idea that i that I really needed to do more. Mm-hmm. that I really needed to that writing, while I enjoy it and is important to me, that there was something else that was missing. Mm-hmm. And that was to really help create a larger platform for. Mm-hmm our visibility, for our stories, for our creativity.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: I mean, it was an amazing piece. It was, I mean, well-written, it was so vulnerable and so honest. And then it also happened to catch, or I mean, it, it should have received this attention and it did receive this attention. Like so many stories that don't receive attention, right? And so to me, like, yes, I love it. Like you were like suddenly like, yes, more
0: these more I mean it was in the New York Times like come on (laughs) that's a big deal I remember when because Carolina's photograph was accompanying your your um your article and she was like my photo is gonna be in the New York Times (laughs) I was like oh my gosh it's so like I mean that's that's big time and you know so I want to say a few things before you get into like let's we you need to we need to hear you speak into what it is that you're creating. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because one is we started the year off before COVID hit, before Kobe died, <laughs> with American Dirt and the nonsense of that book. And I hate that we have to keep coming back to it, but I also feel like this year, if anything, 2020 has shown us that we have to acknowledge the ugly things we've gone so long with trying to dodge the fire with trying to pretend like there's no like the world isn't on fire and i think this year that has been the biggest lesson is we have to come to terms we have to reckon (laughs) with the shit and and americans are for better or worse really brought that to light right it really said we need to take a look at the larger Um, barriers in publishing. We interviewed Aida Salazar. Yeah. And she was, you know, she kind of spoke to this as well, right? The coming from an author's perspective and the challenges in that and, you know, how this speaks to the larger industry. And so I know you've been brewing this idea for some time. And I feel like yeah, I feel like the, the seeds are being planted and we're gonna see the the little sprouts come up. <laughs> so what what's what what are you doing?
2: So you know it's it's interesting that you that you bring up or I think it's very timely that you bring up 2020 as a year for a lot of cultural and societal systemic systemic. Mm -hmm. emotional, personal review, right? I Mm -hmm. think what 2020 Mm -hmm. is going to, 2020 is going to go down in the books as a year where our society, our cultures, our, our spirits said, you know what, these are all the systems that don't work.
1: Mm Yeah.
2: Let's examine them Let's restructure them and let's move forward in a different way. Let's reimagine the way in which we show up as a community, as a society, right? Mm-hmm. What do we really value? And are the systems that are currently in place really what we need them to be, mm-hmm. right? Or are we ready to change? How are we ready to change these systems?
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I do, so I'm not going to address American dirt directly, <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I it.
2: will say that the publishing industry is not it is like any other industry that needed a mm-hmm. very in depth examination about mm-hmm. whether it serves the way mm-hmm. it should be serving, and mm-hmm. I think that the short answer is no,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and I think that um, this is not a new issue. This is an issue that has been uh, written about and inspected, dissected by many people for many years, right? This is not this is not new. Um, and certainly publishing with regards to Latinx narratives, Latinx creatives, Latinx voices is is also not a new. It's not a new issue, right? Mm-hmm. This has been going on for years. So really it's not about American dirt or anything else. It's it's about an ongoing systemic mm-hmm. situation, mm-hmm. right? It's it's about chronic underrepresentation mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Latinx narratives and
1: Latinx creativity. From its inception, right? From the from from all of these systems of oppression are like from the <clears throat> beginning because they were all started and controlled by voices that aren't, <laughs> there's no Latin, <laughs> no women, <laughs> no, you know, like, so it's, say it's, it's purposeful, it's intentional, you know, it is to, yeah. to silence, it is to, to minimize, you know, minoritize, you know? Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, I think it's really about, we can't expect systems that were created um, without us to mm-hmm. actually actively and mm-hmm. appropriately, uh, represent us. Mm
0: -hmm.
2: Right. Right. So the system wasn't built for us, by us, Mm -hmm. with us in mind. So the system is just doing what the system does. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Mm -hmm. And so
2: for me this year, and this has been a, I'm very much interested in structures and infrastructure. And I think that we talked about this the last time I was, uh, on the show. Um, we talked about sort of the need for our community to create the infrastructure and mm-hmm. own the structures, so that we mm-hmm. can set the agenda that appropriately represents who
1: we are.
0: Mm-hmm. Right.
1: I love it. I'm thinking about Renee always mentioning um, the master's tools will will not dismantle the master's house. You know, some Audre Lord in there. Like it's we've got to create a new new <clears throat> world.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Absolutely. And um, so. For me, I think um, after the publication of my article, I really I really started thinking about the power of story and the access to story. And what that means. What does it mean when a community is so poorly represented, so, you know, inaccurately represented? What does that mean for the community itself? for the spirits, for the creativity, for the love, for the vision of self, and what does it mean for the larger community, for the larger society mm-hmm. that that community sits in, right? Because the, the lack of representation and the lack of own voices within the publishing industry affects so many groups. It's mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. the Latinx community, right? It, it's basically, of the population. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Mm. The issue of how do we, how do we shift, how do we shift the cultural conversation so that it is reflective of the robust richness that exists within our community? How do we do that? Mm. So for me, the idea that kept coming back into my head is Let's create something that really allows the amplification of our voices, of our creativity, of our stories. Because Mm -hmm. if we tell our stories, we are going to tell a story that is diverse, that is um, reflective of really what is happening in our hearts, in our community, in our homes, in our conversations. And that's really what we all need to be seen, whether mm-hmm. you're a part of, you know, the, uh, the Latinx community or an ally. I mean, that's what we really need. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> I'm like, I want you to name your project. Oh, geez, sorry, have I not? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so I am starting a Latinx-focused publishing house.
1: Woo-woo! <laughs> <laughs> yes, I love it. We so have to just celebrating that you
0: you're doing this. You yeah, know? I think it's so important to to just be able to say that out loud and to speak into it and to manifest it in that way. I mean, that's what we we need to do that more often. So I love it. Let's celebrate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, tell us more though.
2: <laughs> right. Um so the purpose of this uh company really is about elevating and amplifying and helping to empower, helping to inspire mm-hmm. all readers because I think all readers need access to our stories and to stories uh, about the Latinx community that show all of the nuances, all of the, all of the yumminess, all of the, the, the beauty, right? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I think that that is one of the things that is really missing from the industry, stories Mm -hmm. that that show us in our full range of emotion our full range of um ability our full range of love Mm
1: -hmm. so
2: often our stories are relegated to struggle and Mm -hmm. and stories that highlight these stereotypes that Mm -hmm. while um may you know some may be true but there really is such a dearth of um of complexity there, mm-hmm. of humanity.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, our stories were often told or, or, you know, are mostly told in the publishing industry or in any industry by white men still, right? Or whiteness. And then the, the, the pieces that do make it through um, are just, just, they're funneled so into such limitation, right? Into such space that still serves whiteness and maleness
0: um, in our society. Yeah, I um you know it, it's so interesting because when we talk about representation and I like how you said um chronic underrepresentation I was like dang that is a that is a phrase that is a word that is a concept right um and underrepresentation because I I I um I think about the media for example and because that w- that's kind of my academic background is like in media studies. And I would look a lot of, at a lot of Latinx representation in the media. And obviously, aside from it um, being stereotypical, um, on the other hand, uh, in terms of consumers, it felt like we were ready and willing to eat up anything they gave us because we were so starving, so hungry for representation. We would take scraps of it. Right. So and this is why we've had so many, you know, decades of this Mm -hmm. just not only underrepresentation, but these false narratives. Right. Mm -hmm. About about our community, which is why I think, you know, um, so I was I was thinking about (laughs) I don't know if you all so look at radio. Shout out to them. But um, Mala Munoz has been really going hard on the new Selena series on Netflix. (laughs) <laughs> um, because she was like, this is not a fair representation of Selena and you know all of these things. Um, and people were kind of giving her crap about it. and I was I'm of the mind of we can love it. We can go and watch Selena and watch that series and support. oh, because so, a response was if we critique it, then they're not gonna give us any more. And I was like, well, what the fuck is that shit? Right. So we're not allowed to ask for quality because we're just so concerned with quantity, right? Like Mm -hmm. scarcity, right? Like, and so I think rather than going like not allowing the critique, the and I and I actually sent Mala a DM and I said, No, we need you doing this because if we don't do these critiques, that's how we end up with shitty stereotypes, right? That's how we end up with shitty representations. We need to ask for representation and then just keep asking for more. It's not to say we dismiss that. It's not to say it's, it doesn't, it's not useful, right? It's to say it's, we can't let that be the only thing we have. We can't let one, you know, I remember when George Lopez show came out, you know, way but his first show, it was like, oh, this is a Latino TV show. Like, and then I was like, but that's not my experience, right? That's, I had, I was like, this is not relevant to me whatsoever. Um, And I was like, yeah, because we got one and the industry was like, well, you got one, you're good, right? And so it does not allow for the complexity of, you know, the Latinx experience is not monolithic. The, even the Mexican experience, the Mexican-American, the Chicano experience is not monolithic, right? There's so much mm-hmm. diversity and complexity in the experience. And so it's just, it's more of a, we need to get quality <laughs> and quantity. We need more, we need better. Um, and I think I think that's what, um, what your work is so great, because we're talking about not just content. So we're not just saying, okay, let's have these big publishing houses publish our work, but we actually need to be a part of the production process, right?
2: I think that's, I think that's key. I
0: think that
2: it's not just about expecting other people who are not rooted in our experiences and our very, um, you know, diverse experience to be able to do this. I think mm-hmm. that we've waited long enough and if it, it's not happening it's not happening it's not happening at the pace at the rate in which it should be yeah. and I think mm-hmm. that for me one of the things that gives me inspiration is that I'm in my 40s things haven't changed all that much I have mm-hmm. I'm thinking about the next generation and I'm mm-hmm. thinking yeah no you know what it's not going to change unless I step up and do something about it. I -hmm. need to be able to say, okay, well, I did my best and this Mm -hmm. is what I'm bringing to the table. Mm -hmm. So I think that in large part, we as a community need to step up and say, yeah, we're done waiting. And you know what? We're going to create our own systems. We're going to create our own companies that actually reflect who we are. We are going Mm -hmm. to produce and we are going to Create all the things that we need, because mm-hmm. it's clear that the systems and the sectors, as they exist, are not able to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's quite in, it's quite um, empowering to be able to say, "Yeah, well, that doesn't work for us. So <laughs> guess what? We're going to make it. We're we're going to we're going to build it. We're going to build our own table because mm-hmm. what what's available." is no longer enough.
0: Right. Right. We're no longer going to settle for the scraps. Right. We're no longer going to say, come from like, oh, we're so starving for these poor poor representations. Like F that. We're going to um we're going to create our own. I think that um so Norma, you've also been a part of our book club, <laughs> which which has been which I, I, I love. <laughs> Shout out to the book club. Uh-huh. All our all our book club. Um and so last night we, we were meeting and we talked about um, Maria Inojosa's book. And it sort of brought up the conversation around, you know, history, the history of mm-hmm. politics in the U.S. and a revelation that you had similar to a revelation that I had in the, during the election, you know, in that recognizing that whoever is in office mm-hmm. is not going to help us, right? It's, you know, they, one might be less worse than the other, and they might throw us a few bones here and there. But ultimately, like you were saying, it's still in the system, right? It's still within this system that just does not work. And it does not work um, for marginalized people, in particular, it, the fact that it marginalizes people is already the the problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I think that's that the, it is so empowering to say, let's just stop asking and just mm-hmm. just do it on our own. And that's liberation, right? That's exactly what you're doing. We are liberating ourselves from the confines of you know, in this in this case, the the system of publishing and saying well if you're not going to do it we can do it ourselves you know and um, done asking for more done asking for permission done asking you know to be
1: seen by a system that does you know refuses to see us we have this collective energy I mean maybe maybe we've always had it but maybe you know I'm in my 40s Renee's almost <laughs> in her 40s there this. maybe there is this and, and I think the community that we're working with and connected to um are also kind of on that verge 30 40s they so somewhere where we come into this greater power you know um mm-hmm. A greater sense of self, greater self-love, greater um, connection, greater space to just not give Fs for people who know, can't see us, you know, just is there's this real strong feeling there for me. And I feel it too with you, very much so.
2: I feel the same way. I feel like at this point, you know, I, I'm not interested in in uh, somebody else's system that doesn't work for me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Mm -hmm. I'm here. I'm I'm here to say, I'm going to do things differently. I can see the issues. I know what my, I I know what I want to see. I know what you want to see. I know what so many other people want to see in our community and I'm going to try it.
0: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
2: I'm going to go for it. Yeah. And I don't have to wait for anyone or anything.
0: Mm -hmm. I can just create it. Yeah. And I think it's so powerful because I think Something that I hear you speak into as well is not only is publish, the publishing world, obviously, you know inherently racist, all that other stuff, but I think I, I've heard you kind of speak into the idea of even the model of publishing, right? Even the mm-hmm. way the structure of the way things get published is an issue. And can we create a new model? <laughs> Right. Not just a different house that we're going to focus on Latinx stories, but can we actually create a new model for what that looks like?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think that the system, uh, the way it's currently working is exclusionary from the from the outset. Mm -hmm. Right. So you have agents, you have um, book buyers. There are so many layers to to really meant to exclude. Mm-hmm. And the people who are greenlighting the projects mm-hmm. have a very narrow vision. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's now is the perfect time to begin to reimagine what that looks like. And mm-hmm. I think that having being an outsider, right, mm-hmm. is key. Mm. Because I can see, different ways to do it and my company is nimble enough to be able to try them to fail fast Mm. to figure it out in a way that a you know multi-billion dollar company might not be able to yeah
0: Yeah.
2: might not won't do doesn't
0: do yeah yeah, I mean that's to me that's that's the real work, right? Is because like you said, and and you know, coming back to when we we're giving our update on Samias, <laughs> I mean, had we been a group of white, upper middle class, <laughs> you know, um hippie boho moms, <laughs> our book would have already been published and we would have been on a book tour, and you know, mm-hmm. things would have been very different, but I mean, not only is our identity coming into play, but even the the content of like the, the the values that we're trying to to maintain, you know, within the book, um, are not the are not in alignment, you know, with the industry. And so, you know, we've been coming up with and so we you know, in our in our research of like how do we get this book out there, like you said, there's so it's like there's layers and barriers. And it's like first you have to have a pitch Mm -hmm. and first you have to have this and this and this and this and this and you're like what the fuck I'm just trying to write a book like Mm -hmm. (laughs) and we know that people that there's you know people that want it and it's just like and like you said it's so then it's the the gatekeepers there's a Mm -hmm. lot of gatekeepers um and so then we have to ask what are they keeping out and who are they keeping out right it's not just the it's Mm-hmm. Renee, it's not
2: just the gatekeepers. It's also the lack of information, right? Mm-hmm. So the 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 lack of availability, the lack of access to information that could make this entire process so much easier for everybody who wants to have their voice out in the world. That's part of the issue and that is part of the way in which the current system, I think, really is detrimental to our voices and our stories right? So it's a
1: machine, right? I'm hearing that like this is a machine. It's got different people, you know, it's like Laverne and Shirley or something like that. Every person has a different like job. You know? It's a, it's, a, it's so, a, yeah. So something, a conveyor belt. So nothing is being really transparent or conveyed to the whole. And so that there's, um, issues The um, there was a float plane that came by. That's why I said, I muted myself earlier, but, um, I want to say it's about money. You know, it's capitalism. It's what we were talking about yesterday in book club too. It's like, this well-oiled or maybe not well-oiled machine that at the very end wants to make money. That's the goal,
0: right? Yeah.
1: And so- Who wants to make
0: money for whom, right? Like who are we making money for? Are we making money to redistribute back into our communities? Or are we making money to just continue to make, like you said, these multi-billion dollar companies even more rich, right? Because the authors are not making you know the the you know the money on their on their creative work and i mean we even when we were talking to some colleagues of ours chicana mother work and they published a book and because it's an academic book they don't make anything right mm-hmm. it's just like oh you published this book and now it goes on your cv so you can get promotion and i'm like what how like how is that even <laughs> publishing model, right? Um, And yet it's just, it's the standard, right? That's what they say. It's the standard. But uh, getting back to when you say the lack of access to information, that's the thing is that we, in our process, we're like, how do we even, we had to do research just to figure out what all those layers to get to publishing are. Not to mention then at each layer, you have to figure out What are the protocols right and then it just gets further and further and further, so that by the time you actually get to what do you call them the the big houses right the big publishing houses um, you've probably already weeded out right so many. You know options, and so we we're only seeing the same types of things like being published, right?
2: Yeah, the same general type of story, the same general type of um, creative, right? Because there is a very creative element to to writing, but also similar illustrators, similar right? Mm-hmm. So it, yeah. it it really really sort of um, dampens the ability for voice for
1: new voices for new stories for all of every person on that machine line is a person of white privilege usually. Right. And, and, and a lot of them persons of male privilege too. Mm -hmm. So, it's not, you know, people at that, you know, I'm imagining actually I've I'm seen scenes from Elf because it's probably I'm going to watch it soon. <laughs> <laughs> <That's laughs> like, you know, <laughs> everyone at the table there is uh, looking through a work and they're all people of male and white privilege, you know. Um, and so, of course, things are getting filtered out because they don't connect. They don't understand.
0: Mm-hmm. They're they're like, don't
1: who's going to who's going to read right? this?
0: I don't care about this. Right. Who's or what? You know, why is this? relevant right and then because it's been like that for so long that is the standard it becomes an echo chamber right and it becomes this weird like this is just the way it is this is tradition this is you know and and it because we see something similar in academia right the idea of gatekeepers where um grad programs graduate programs will actually do things in a way to purposely weed out grad students so that they can say they are a rigorous program, right? We are a rigorous program. And so we have to have so many people drop out, right? And so they're, it's like hazing, right? They just want to haze you so that you can, um, to push you out, right? In, in various ways. And, um, and so it just, it becomes this like toxic environment, this toxic perpetuation of like maybe violent practices, right? Or or just like, I don't know, toxic practices of how we, you know, get to to the end goal, right? And, and I, I see something similar, right? In publishing where it's just like, this is tradition and this is what you need to do. And you're not really proving how talented you are. You're just proving how good you are at overcoming those Obstacles using whatever privileges you have.
1: That sounds Absolutely. like a PhD program. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, I'm like,
0: fuck. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I think you're
2: totally right, Renee. I think that at every level, it, at every stage, right? You, even at the most, uh, even at the starting point, how do I write? How do I mm-hmm. get my story down? Even oh. that information is meant to, um, deter. yeah, it's meant to to weed people out, to deter, to say, yeah, no, you're not a real writer. Your story. Yeah. Your story. Maybe not so much. You can't find the tools. You don't know how to do this. Yeah. Ah, maybe, yeah. maybe. Yeah. What are the messages that the industry sends at every single
0: step of the you're process? Not, you're not good enough. It's not even about like, you're not good enough because you're not like these people who did it before you right like that's the that's it. you're not good enough because this is the standard right and you're not like them so number one it's not allowing like what does writing look like in for different people right what are the different what are potential different writing styles and also it's not like how can we help you <laughs> how can we help you to hone your skill right yeah. it's like no you're done you're you you know um, and not seeing the the gem of the story it's i think it's something too that happens in um in my classes when students will come in and say oh i just i suck at writing and i'm like but do you <laughs> and then i'll i'll try to give them exercises or activities that where they don't have rules and they can just write whatever they want to write without grammar and all that and the content is there. They know what they're talking about. They maybe just don't have the grammar skills and the, you know, the essay structure skills, but the content is there. And so then it's just a matter of somebody taking the interest to say, okay, how can we hone that, right? The, the, it's there. The gem is there. We just have to dust it off, you know, and give them the tools to do that.
1: I love that you're saying it starts before it starts early. It starts in the writing process. It starts in who's allowed to write. And mm-hmm. honestly, what I'm walking away with right now is thinking like, we don't even know because <laughs> what the stories are. Like there are stories, like the 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 most amazing stories, we've never heard them because mm-hmm. this filter is so tiny. Yeah, it is, It's yeah. a travesty, really. It's just so sad because everyone has a story. Mm-hmm. And there's and and probably the people with the most amazing stories, right? I just know it. They they didn't have access to all of these things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes,
2: and the way the system is set up, it you're never going. They're never going to have access to that. And so I think that that is one of the unique things that we're trying to do is we are trying to demystify the process. We are trying mm-hmm. to ensure that everybody who is interested is able. Mm. And has the skill set in some way, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm. And I think that that makes us very unique. So, in a lot of ways, so we're a traditional publishing house, doing things in very untradition, untraditional ways. Mm-hmm. We are a traditional publishing company in the sense that we're not a hybrid model. We are not charging authors. We are not um, selling services. You know, we're not that. That's not the market that we're in. We're in the market of helping to bring forth voices and and stories that are compelling and um, that need to be shared right so it's um it's really important work mm-hmm.
1: it's so important mm-hmm. it makes me think of our writing to the, our ancestors course and even mm-hmm. we put it out to everyone who follows us please you know we want to connect to your, your ancestral voice your intuition your writing voice you are a writer. And we want to hear your story. And we still got, oh, I'm not a dot, dot, dot. I'm not, you know, I, mm-hmm. I don't have the, I, do I, not, am I not supposed to be in this? Class? No, you are supposed to be in this class. Just mm-hmm. like asking for permission still. Right. Yeah. And then we do it all the time too. Um, mm-hmm. But I love it that your, your work is, is a gift because those writers do need to be encouraged, be, be sought mm-hmm. out
0: yeah so i want us to wrap up you know start to wrap up here and i and i wanted to get to um i think this question i'm like what question could we i i would love for you to speak into your hopes Mm -hmm. for what this can look like what do you want to manifest (laughs) what do you want this you know to look like out in the world thank you for that question
2: i I've been thinking a lot and I have thought a lot about what is it that I want to manifest with this work. And I think that the, the ability to create a structure that allows for our community to really be seen mm. and that also gives back to community mm. is really that's what I want to manifest. Mm -hmm. I want to manifest a a new way, a new paradigm Mm. for understanding and for producing our work. Mm. I want to create a reality in which our narratives, our stories are as abundant and Mm. as diverse as we are as a community. Mm. Mm. Oh,
0: I'm like (laughs) reciprocal relationship, right? That's revolutionary. New paradigm and abundance. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's it, right? That's, 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 that's a lot, right? That's, that's what we need. I feel like so many people, um, I'm like, I'm hoping if you're listening and you're writing and you have ideas, right? Um, Because I think that's the thing that we can land on is what can we do as a community to support this project? And Mm -hmm. what can we do as a community to support this work in all its forms, right? Like how do we, maybe you can speak to like the, I always say macro and micro, right? Like the the micro is this project, but the macro is like, how do we continue to call for new structures, new infrastructures, right? Mm -hmm. So whatever you feel called to speak to, but.
2: I think that one way in which community can support the creation of new infrastructures is to actively support those, Uh, those ideas. Mm -hmm. So whether it's signing up for a mailing list, whether it's following Mm -hmm. it, whether it's purchasing, whether it's sharing with a friend, like we all have the capacity to help create new paradigms. And we can all do it in multiple different forms. Mm -hmm. So at the moment, we don't have a catalog. So we are in the process of developing a catalog. So does that mean that you can't support this idea? No, you can share with a friend. You can sign up um, for the subscriber list so that when a catalog becomes available, you can mm-hmm. actively, you know, g- share with friends, purchase. Um, and so I think that there, there are so many ways in which we are in which we have the ability to create change. We have mm-hmm. the power. Mm-hmm. We've always had the power. It's about Mm -hmm. harnessing and tapping in. And it's about the choices that we make. Mm. It's about how we show up. How Mm -hmm. do we
1: manifest that power on a daily basis? Mm -hmm. You said something earlier about, you know, in these inaccurate representations, there's an impact on spirit. And it got Mm -hmm. me thinking as you um, are talking about new paradigms, about being seen and giving back, about creating this you know stepping into our magic stepping into our power basically just of what we have and how we extend our energy i just feel like the spirit moving you know i just feel like this like sense of like growing understanding um and love for <laughs>
0: <laughs> right talk to him talk to him what do we doing so, here um it's i i totally agree and um i will say so i pulled some cards um from the Modern Spiritual Latina Oracle by Esoteric Essa, our our friend Jasmine. And um, I pulled the Life Path card, which says, Cosmically You, Harvest, Starseed, Soul Family, Leave the Matrix, and Numerology. When I was shuffling, this one, like, fell out, right? So Mm -hmm. I think this is, when I saw Life Path, I really, I was thinking about you, Norma, and thinking um, just, in, in the relationship that we've built over, you know, the last year, um, I've, I've seen you kind of go from like the thought of an idea (laughs) to the idea to like, you know, and I, and, and we've seen, and I think like, this is for me, I saw this as, um, validation that you're on your life path, like that. This Mm -hmm. is, this is your, your life path. Right. Um, and then I, when I pulled the Bruja card, so the Bruja card <laughs> says alchemy, authenticity, kopal, intuition, mystic, ancestral wisdom, strong aura, and sacred smoke. And um, and actually Jasmine um, Esoteric Essa posted something a while ago about that we don't all have to go out there and, you know, when we tap into our magic, we're not all going to go out and be Brujas, in the sense of like we're all psychics and mediums and tarot readers, and we're not all, but we can bring that psychic, tarot, you know, astro- astrology magic into the work we do, whatever it is. So you can bring your bruja magic into publishing, so you can be a publishing bruja. <laughs> <laughs> right. I think that's what I, I see this card as like it's it's really about harnessing the magic. And like Christina said that, you know, what is it about this time or maybe that we're in our late 30s slash <laughs> 40s? Right. What is it about the, this generation? Right. The energy of this time that mm-hmm. we're really, really stepping into the idea of magic, the idea of manifestation, the idea of creating new paradigms. Um, and that it can look like doing that magic in these, you know, we can't all be the same, right? We can't all practice the same magic.
1: Publishing
0: brujería, I love it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We're we're not meant to be the same. We all have different Mm -hmm. gifts. We all have different interests. We all have different abilities. And I think that the brujería, the magic, it really comes in with accepting the download that you're getting and listening to your intuition and moving forward, moving forward with purpose, moving forward saying, you know what? I'm going to do that. I don't know what it's going to look like necessarily, but it's going to, I'm going to try it. And Mm -hmm. I think one of the beautiful things and one of the reasons why I was so excited to speak with both of you today is that you have really witnessed the journey of this publishing house from a very um, sort of, Nebulous idea to where it is now to the build out. You know, Fabian Flores Publishing would not be here if it weren't for all the conversations and all of the, you know, all of the love, all of the magic that we've Mm -hmm. created together Mm -hmm. over the past year,
0: year and a half. That's just amazing. (laughs) I I love it. I love it. Wow. You know, I think that, yeah. um, yeah, I'm like, I can, I, we can talk forever about this, but I want to make sure that we, we get in the information so that people know where to find you, know where to go, know, and, and I imagine that you'll be giving, you know, more specifics on ways to to support the work. So Mm -hmm. where can we find you? Where do we go? Also, if
1: there's anything that you haven't shared that you want to share, I want to create a little bit of space for that. We've gone, to a lot of places, but <laughs> anything else? So I'll, I'll
2: say this. I'll say that Fabian Flores is very much at the beginning of its journey. And mm. one of the things, one of the ways in which we want to be different, one of the ways in which we are different is that we are a community-minded community minded Organization, if you will, we wouldn't be here today without community, without conversation, without connection. And so, while we are very much in the build-out phase of this work, we are we are already about community. Mm-hmm. We are we are um, we are community. We it's it's a, it's at the root of what we do.
1: There's such power in how you're naming this. Yeah. I just want to say, um, I feel like going back to how we were talking about Samia's, I was like, ah, but there's power to naming how much of a communal relational way of being yeah. is. And and I think you are speaking to that. And I think that we are here to, um, we're, to we're here to be a part of that community with you. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of our followers are too. And we'd love to know um, where to find you, yeah. where to go, you know?
2: Yeah. So at the moment you can find us on Fabian Flores publishing and Mm -hmm. it's a landing page. If you like what you've heard, if you want to support, if you want to be in community, if you want to have more diverse Latinx creators and voices and narratives Mm -hmm. readily available, I would say, you know, sign up for the, for the, Mm-hmm. Sign up and and be a part of the community. You can also find us um at Fabian Flores Publishing on Instagram.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And just come along. Mm-hmm. Join us. Come yeah, along so
0: for the ride. Fabianflores.com or Fabian Flores Publishing.com. Fabian Flores Publishing.com. Okay. Good, good, good. I want to make sure. And we'll put all of that in the show notes. So I love be the invitation. able to click right to come it. Along. But I love it. Oh, my gosh. Thank you, Norma, for joining us.
2: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. I really... I always love when we're together and I just, I feel so grateful to be able, so I think I've mentioned this before, you, um, Las Doctoras is the first media outlet that we have, that I've spoken to about Fabian Flores publishing. And I mm. I just think it's so beautiful and so appropriate that this is, that this is the first time that I'm openly talking about this. Um, and,
0: so this is an exclusive. We're getting
2: Yes, we're getting an exclusive. We're <laughs> getting an exclusive. And um, sure. yeah, I just thank you for having me. Thank you for the work that you do and um I'm so excited to be going on this on this ride with you ladies. Hey, thank you. Thank you.